philosophers. Philosophers. It's good to be back, David. Yes. It's been a minute. Maybe two. And um, we're coming in hot with a new topic this week. Yes. Let's talk about one of my favorite things to argue about, or at least I seem to argue with people about this the most often, whether we can judge the past through a modern lens. Hmm. Now, you might help me out, David. I can't think of something from the past that we might even begin to judge through a modern lens. Slavery is the big one. Oh. 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 So, yeah. So that tends to be the big one, but there are also plenty of other examples. Uh, two come to mind having to do with World War II, the atomic bomb, and the Japanese internment camps in the United States. Okay. So let's let's talk about what we're talking about and break it down. Um, when we say judging the past through a modern lens, I assume you we would take an as something that had occurred an event or a practice or whatever something that a human or humans did and say what if it happened today would it be good or would it be bad well it's it's really it, it's a little bit more nuanced than that okay um so because we say today slavery for example is bad um we would we would condemn somebody immediately for trying to institute slavery again say in the united states okay um but can we go further and say that the people who practiced slavery in the past were wrong to do so? Okay. Um, and this is often seen, it's often seen as an unfair, uh, an unfair judgment to, to pass because... So it normally goes, it was a different time, you weren't there, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, I guess that does beg the question then, uh, not fallaciously, mind you. <laughs> um, Raise the question. It raises the question, um, can people be held at fault for something that, okay, I guess we, I guess that... Well, that's a different topic. It's a yeah. different topic, but it does, it's applicable here, and I think you can divide any of the issues or topics to be discussed in that framework into two groups. Ones that was there some piece of knowledge that we have gained since then that has led us to the conclusion that it was wrong, that we didn't, that people at the time didn't have, because that's another thing too. Um, and I was trying to get at the nuance is knowing what we know now, can we judge the thing or like, for instance, can we judge, uh, you know, well, uh, I'll call I'll be generous and call them doctors from long ago for practice of things like bloodletting when they really had no means to know better. Right. And they may have tried it and it seemed to work with a small enough sample size. Right. And these people were going to die. People were dying anyway. So trying something was better than doing nothing and letting them die. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Th and, and then, of course, now we have the scientific knowledge that this is totally yeah. ineffective, uh, or at least I don't know of anything that can be actually treated by bloodletting. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some obscure thing I haven't heard of that that's actually good for. Um, but, but you know, not for, like, the flu. Right. Um, things like that. So, yeah. but then, then yeah, I imagine you were going to go into another category of things where 
it, you know, it's not something where we can say scientifically discovered that it was wrong, but we just later came to a moral conclusion that it was wrong. Right. And the, the thing with that goes is if it was something we discovered was scientifically, uh, well, not good to do, like bloodletting, then that's one thing. But it's a lot harder to look at some look at morality as something that changes because a majority of people, I would say, believe in an objective morality. Or if you do believe in an objective morality, then you cannot say that something that was good now bad now it was good then for example like it has to be you time is irrelevant knowledge was irrelevant sure there are things that maybe in a human context can weigh them as being better or worse but it's still wrong for example back to your slavery um or back to your slavery back to slavery you know there is no way you can morally justify it well let me put it this way if you believe now there's no way you can justify more uh, morally justify it, then how can you possibly justify it back then? Exactly. And yep. so it's still wrong. And, um, okay. And then I also think that comes, and this may need to come later, but I think to finish out the thought, the next question would be, so what, what do we do about it? Like it happened, the people who, especially for something like slavery, it happened. The people that perpetrated it are dead. So what? Like, Yes, I can condemn the action of the person now, but what good does it do? Condemnation is typically only useful for people who are alive, you know. And um, I think that's often where people go. And I think people get defensive about uh, these topics and do would defend something that was horrible as uh, given the excuses you gave before because they're trying to protect maybe a legacy or you know, for whatever reason, maybe have, uh, see the past through rose colored glasses and take the good with the bad kind of thing. I don't know. Or, and this is, uh, a bit presumptuous perhaps, uh, that they feel some sort of guilt about something and want to sidestep it by trying to come up with a postdoc justification. Yeah, I could see that, even if that, I think, is pretty illogical, because... Well, it is illogical, but... Because um, why know. not let the person who did it take the guilt, you know? Well, th- a lot of this... Uh, well, like, for instance, in, in World War II, with something like the Japanese internment camps, you know, people in the United States who were alive at that time identified with that. They were part of the country that did that. And so, now they feel the shame of having been in a country where that happened. And so they want to justify it so that they don't have to feel quite as bad about what happened. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's fair enough. I don't want to stray us too far from the topic. Okay. So I don't think that this is something that you and I disagree on. Uh, I think we both agree that you absolutely can judge the past through a modern lens. Would you say? Well, yes. Watch me. Yeah, okay. Watch yeah. me, you know, hold my of beer. Of course I can. Now, the the question becomes uh you know, why why is this a valid thing to do? Why why is there not an excuse in saying well, it was a different time? And also, uh what is there to be gained for us today by considering the past and judging it through a modern lens? Uh, after all, as you said, those people are dead a lot. Of, well, if we're talking about cases of slavery, let's see. Okay. Um, 
I do think the I think it is important that we address the two categories I wrote, brought up earlier separately because I do think the answers are different. Um, for example, I think dropping the atomic bombs fits into could potentially how you on how you see it fit into one category, whereas slavery fits into another. Um, for example, it, it, the dropping of the atomic bomb was a tactical decision made by a government. It wasn't a widely held belief or a practice instituted across mankind at its time because it was new. Um, right. It's not like the United States put out a public referendum and then everyone voted, yes, let's go bond them with these. Right. And the morality of that decision being made falls on the shoulders of very few, the ones who actually were responsible for making the decision and for following the order to do so. Right. And... In that very specific instance, I think the information they had available at the time could potentially change, maybe not whether it was right or what was wrong, but provide some justification for why they did what they did. Now, I don't want to, you know, say I'm moving goalposts because you, I, th- I could see the other side of the argument being made too, that no, it was a moral decision. And this an, just because it's an easier moral decision or easier for us to understand in a modern context doesn't mean that it should get off the hook because you could easily apply the same logic to something like slavery. Like, well, you know, take the information you had at that time and it was something that you were just used to. And if it were like, if you go back to like the Roman society, the the Roman society benefited off of taking slaves. And the argument could have been made that they were only aware that societies that did this thing were successful and societies that didn't failed. So as a society, they were like, well, until we all kind of agree this is bad, we're going to do it because you're doing it. And you could even make the parallel to nuclear arms in the same way if you look at the Cold War. You know, well, we're not going to get rid of ours until you get rid of yours and 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 go on, on, on and on from that. So um, not that any of that is a valid justification for doing a wrong thing, you know. Um, but I could see someone making a really jackknife argument into self-defense for nuclear arms, which is, well, it's not right to shoot somebody, but if they were going to do it to me first, then it's okay. So same thing, but with nukes. Am I right? You know, um, I don't know. Maybe I just talk myself out of even treating these two things differently. Hmm. Either way, I think if you apply an, a, a previous concept or uh, anything that happened in the past through a modern lens... If you were to do that, you do at least need to be responsible enough to take the full... There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And the right way is to look at the time then and see what... Okay, then it was a different time. Well, what was that time? And does that actually change anything? Which it usually doesn't. But... Or I would say it never does. And then, but you can't apply like a modern standard as though if we were to reinstitute it today, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a fair comparison because there are differences, I would say, um, people, what is considered acceptable does change over time. And I would even argue that while an objective morality exists, how accurate humankind is on whatever that objective morality is, because I do believe it's objective, but I also believe that we will never know what it is perfectly, or at least not in a long time. It takes time um, to discover, because it's a discovery of what it is, Um, and that's something that as a species we get better at over time. 
you know, what may be considered moral in an instance is not, that doesn't make it true. But I think it is important to see what was taken as moral truth at that time. Even if it was wrong, I think if you're going to go down that road, I don't know, maybe you feel like I'm going down too much in the weeds. A little bit. Uh, maybe a little bit, but I'm kind of working through the concept in my head because I kind of started in a place where I was like, oh, let's judge these two things differently. Ran some comparisons out loud and, well, not really. They were, they're pretty much the same, metaphysically speaking, when you go to compare them in a modern sense. So, okay. Okay. Hmm, never mind. We treat them the same. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> okay. So, I think... I think one of the, you know, to consider, you know, whether whether it's valuable to judge these things uh, through a modern lens, I think is pretty pretty easy to to come up with a with a reason why to justify that, which is if it is illegitimate to judge the past through a modern lens, then how then are we supposed to learn from history and decide what to do in the future because if we say well when everyone else is doing slavery that justifies it then you know there's other people in the world now doing it so why don't we just institute it again right um yeah no i agree i i think i think anything in history is fair game to be judged through a modern lens especially knowing what we know now and looking at what we believe now I don't, and I won't claim that what we know now is morally superior necessarily, um, but the only way you would even begin to try to find that out is to do comparisons. And to do a comparison, you need to do assessments, and an assessment is essentially a judgment on something that has already happened. Um, For example, uh, child labor laws. We consider it to be immoral to put children to work now. Like, it's gotten to the point where it's even, it's viewed as immoral, not just illegal, to make a child work. That's a very recent development in uh, human morality. Uh, that's not something that was held as true even 100 years ago. But something did actually change in the circumstances for that as well. Okay. Well, so, you know, of course, children worked for millennia when everyone's occupation was farmer. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of the primary reasons to have children is to have more farmhands. Um, well, okay. One of the primary reasons. Yeah. Um, sure. What changed was the, the conditions that the children were working in. They were working in dangerous factories. And so people became, well, I disagree. disagree that I disagree that it's more dangerous to work in a factory than it is to work on a farm. Like, I think they are equally dangerous for a five-year-old equally dangerous i don't think i think what it was is that one i i don't think it was the type of labor that changed necessarily and this, granted we would have to go back and look at this i think we're getting in the realm of empirical data honestly um but i think it had a lot more to do with it wasn't as an as much of a necessity as it had been for example you could make the argument that it is if you begin looking at this in ethics, which is more ethical to keep your kids at home and they all starve to death or make them work and they all get to eat through the winter, right? Make that ethical choice. Most people would say, well, in that situation for survival, they need to work. 
you know, they need to come out here and help. That was not as much of a necessity, I would argue. Well, okay. I, I think, well, I, I still... I think that the, the justification for making it illegal came from public outrage about about working conditions. Either, well, from, from the nature of the, the machines in the factories as well as the abusive supervisors. Um, but... But also another thing to consider is that now in a in a modern society where you know things like a base level of education is expected, then it raises the ethical question of whether to what you know whether your child ought to be working and earning money or ought to be getting an education. Sure, because it's difficult to do both. Yes, that's that's true. Um. I don't know. I, either way, the reason is kind of irrelevant to our current discussion. I do think we could go into well, that. Well, no, I don't think that the reason... It, well, okay. The reason is relevant insofar as establishing that the environment really did change between those, and that's why the ethical distinction changes. All right. But in the discussion, in the scope of the discussion we're having now is can you even assess whether the environment changed, not... It doesn't matter if the environment changes. Do you understand? Like, I, well, think, I think it, I think it does matter if the environment changes. The, the thing, the, the the central topic here is whether, like, basically, like, like, I'm not considering public opinion to be part of the environment. And then that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I just, but let's okay. If we're if, well, since we're on the on the topic. We are talking about whether or not we can judge the past based on modern standards. Or right? we can make it specific. Sure. And, and say, you know, in the case of, of slavery, we, we agree slavery is wrong now, but was it wrong then? That's the question. Okay. Um, and if we found somebody, let's let's take a popular example, Andrew Jackson, who owned slaves. Can we call him a bad person for having done that? Okay, so it, let's go there then. Let's let's go back. Let's go all the way back to probably the first slave. Okay, would you say that? Okay, let's let's raise another ethical dilemma. We'll, I'll use the same one I used for kids. There is a group of people, and this they're not all children, but let's just say that there's a group of twenty people, and of the group of twenty people, uh, they only way the group of 20 will survive in a wild scenario is if they all work. What if 10 of them don't want to work? Or say five. Let's just say five. Five don't want to work. Well, the majority says, well, tough, because we will need the, all of us to work to survive. It's a necessity. And they go, I still don't want to. And they say, well, okay, well, you're gonna. Or I'm going to beat you with a stick. And then... All of a the sudden, they're slaves because that is what's considered necessary for survival at that time. Now, granted, I know this is a super vague ethical dilemma, but if I were able to construct an ethical, if an ethical dilemma, if you would agree that the ethical dilemma could exist, that 20 people, of which five refuse to work, but all 20 are required to work in order to survive, forcing the five to work along with the other 15 in a form, in a form of slavery, right? Do you agree that that ethical dilemma could potentially exist? Like, could I construct that ethical dilemma? Well, you could construct that scenario. I question whether it's an ethical dilemma. 
okay, but it is a dilemma because, and I, I call it a dilemma because in, by modern standards, it's wrong to make those people right. work and be slaves. Whereas at the time, survival, before we got to the place we are now in our ivory towers where survival is granted and considered a human right pretty much by a lot of places, different discussion, but that's the phrasing they'll use is survival is a human right. Um, then everything else on top of that is a is a privilege. Okay, back then, when survival wasn't a granted and wasn't a given, it was something that was earned, earned, you know, beyond just breathing and existing in a society. I would say that in that case, the survival of the human beings, from at least a, uh, not pragmatic, what's the word I'm looking for, utilitarian point of view, slavery is justified. That case can be argued. Now, is it wrong? Yes, but now you get into moral relativism of, so what? Dying is worse. You know, the, the, letting the whole group die is worse. You know, the, then people could make that case, you know. I'm not saying that they're right, but I'm just saying it, if we take the same example I gave for children and applied it to adults in a survival scenario, that that's a discussion that needs to be had. And then can you hold those 15 responsible for the enslavement of the five? You know, could, could you hold them responsible for, for that? Given the context of, if I don't do this, I'll die. Right. Can you do that? And if you can, then fine. If you can't, then we have a problem. Uh, not a problem, but then we have the basis to go for, we, we have, we have a basis to say, okay, now there exists a spectrum of wrong, less wrong, meh, good, or better. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. And that's the whole point of judging the past of the modern lens is to go, A, can I... And I think that's the question we're trying to address is, can I assign blame to that person not knowing everything about their circumstance, A? And that, that doesn't, that's not even the past. That can happen today. Uh, any event in which I do not have the so- total sum of human knowledge, can I even assess and provide a judgment by which any action can be carried out by others, uh, by, by others, you know? And then level condemnation at the person, which I personally think is ridiculous. They're dead. Who cares? That's my thing. I think we're we're kind of walking between two separate issues about whether it's okay for the person who would look at the past and say, yeah, well, this guy was bad. And then the other person says, well, you don't know the circumstance. They have very different motivations and why they're doing what they're doing. That's one discussion is the motivations for why you would want to in the first place. And then given you have good intentions and you are a good faith uh interlocutor and say well i'm just trying to look at this from an objective standpoint then it goes oh okay well what point is making assumptions not okay and what point is making okay and it's complicated but so i have another hypothetical okay suppose the case of a hypothetical murder okay Um, one person murders one other person uh let's say um well, we'll we'll take the uh, the classic example that we've used before of a uh, man comes home, finds his wife sleeping with some other man, and in his fit of rage, murders the other man. Okay. Um, Again, 
stupid. You should murder the woman, but whatever, in my opinion. Moving past that, moving past that, yeah. We'll get into that later. That, that'll be a post-show That's a thing. totally different uh, discussion, but uh, anyway. <laughs> well, or, or whatever. Murders both of them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Doesn't yeah. matter for purposes of this hypothetical. Um, now, so we, of course, condemn this person for committing murder, and we decide to punish them for it. But why? After all, if you were in his shoes, wouldn't you have done the same? And that depends on the person. Well, it does depend on the person, but he was that person, and if you were him, then you would have done it. So can you condemn him? If I were him, I would have done it? Yes. Well, of course. If anyone were him, you would they have, would done, have it. done it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so but th- this is my this is my core gripe with the different time, different place, different circumstances thing, is that, yes, but this can be said of anything. The things that we all unanimously condemn. I see what you're saying. I see what you're getting at. Um, yeah, that's okay. But what's the point of condemnation, though, is to point out. Well, okay. Not just condemnation, but when you level a judgment, what you're doing is taking what you hold as the as a moral standard and pointing out an incongruency in an act to the moral standard. There is a difference, and don't get me wrong, I agree. If you were that person, you would have murdered them. And it, for me, that's fine. Yeah, sure, yeah. And I would have been wrong to do so. I would judge myself in that case as deserving of whatever I would level at that person. Granted, I don't think most people come at it with that level of forethought and saying, yeah, but if you would have done it, if you were in that person's shoes, would you want whatever you're about to hand down as a judgment leveled at you and whatever consequences that comes with? Most people hastily say yes because they never think they'll be in that scenario. I, can I draw another quick parallel? Go ahead. A good example is when I start talking to people about the average German citizen under Nazi Germany, right? The people who lived in the town neighboring Auschwitz were complicit in what happened and it's been proven that they knew what was going on like they weren't ignorant you can't use that as an excuse i'm sure there were maybe a few people who were ignorant but most of them knew what was going on because most of them were the guards that worked there right and word spreads and they all knew what was going on and they did nothing about it that shows compliance and being complicit in the in the act right There will be people who will say, we should judge those people as just as guilty as the person who put the whatever gas they used in the thing and then it killed all these people. They're just as guilty. Well, I disagree with that. I know you disagree with that. But a person who makes that argument then also has to accept the fact that if you were in that scenario, it is not... First of all, if you were just in the scenario, it is highly likely that you would have been complicit and they disagree because they can't conceptualize living in Nazi Germany as a German. They can't see it. They can't think about that. Like that, that is not a frame of reference in which they can put themselves. But the practical reality is those people, if you take the average person there and then you take the average person here, you can draw an equivalence between the two. Assuming, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that has to be made, but averages exist for a reason. 
you know, the average person today is complicit in the things that happen now that in a hundred years might be seen as morally egregious. You can make the argument that every American is complicit in every death of every civilian in half the Middle East because of American involvement. Most Americans go, whoa, whoa, that's not me. That's not even our military guys. That's the government. But as soon as you turn around and say, well, what about the Germans and Nazi Germany? People will make the unfair comparison to say, oh, well, no, they are complicit because they were Nazis, you know? (laughs) And I think that's what we're kind of getting at is if you are going to judge the past by modern standards, you need to make, you need to draw the relative comparison for everything. You can't just take that act, pluck it out of its scenario and context, drop it in a modern context, and then judge it. You're a person out of that context if you were to reanimate them and bring them to the modern world and then judge them for that. You need to look at it all in context. And then the hard part is seeing how a context shapes a person and then draw the line for how the context changed and then see how the people have changed and see if it's a one-to-one relationship. And that is incredibly abstract and nearly impossible to do. Nearly impossible empirically to do. Maybe theoretically possible, but not practically possible to do. But it's an interesting thought experiment because that if we could do that then maybe we could project morality and we could advance quicker as a species this that's getting way out of scope but i'm just saying you know you can't judge the uh, the citizen of the town next to auschwitz as though you went back in time and were complicit or they brought them to this time and said you were complicit you know well, mm, I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, n- now, I would not go so far as to say that someone living near Auschwitz is just as complicit as the person who poured in the gas. No, I didn't say just as... Yeah, that that's a yeah. bad argument, but... I, I know, but... So, but th- I think that... Well, you know, let, let's consider... Let's... um speculate perhaps as to why someone might have been uh well not necessarily apathetic but uh would would not act against something like that um you know obvious thing that comes to mind is fear uh afraid afraid to act on it um but cowardice is something that we judge people for yeah it is a bad thing to be a coward right that's that's actually not a new thing either. That's been around for a long time. A long though. time. Mm-hmm. That was a thing even then. Okay. Right. So, can can we not judge those people for being cowards? Sure, you can judge them for being cowards. But if you do, you also need to judge every American who is complicit in Japanese internment for being a coward. Not I do doing anything about it. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm fine with making the comparisons, but you need to be consistent for the time and something like and and that's why context is important you can make the argument that if you could go back far enough there might have been a time in human history where being a coward wasn't a bad thing because a coward survived you know take take the reason cowardice exists and that is on one out of a million times the bush rustling is a jaguar and the other 999,000 times it's the wind the coward survives every time (laughs) the one who runs away and doesn't deal with it survives every time well yeah i i understand the the reason for fear to exist uh but there there, you know there's a reason why 
we judge some people as cowards and other people as reasonably fearful. Um, I'm sorry. I tell me the difference. I I know you're probably going to go there, but I want to know the difference. Well, okay. So in in the case of something like the Japanese internment camps or or the Nazi uh, extermination camps, um, the, the the difference for me for those people being too afraid to act on it, it you know, they they may have had a reasonable fear that they would have been killed by you know government agents. Yeah, the the two lar- one of the two of the largest war machines ever created. Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mm. I agree. I, I I agree that there there is reason to fear that. The, the reason why I judge them for it is because it's a demonstration of weak principles that they are unwilling to act in any way against it. Perhaps. Because even even with something like let, let, let's take you know the internment camps in which if you if you were against it you didn't necessarily have you know the Gestapo knocking on your door to carry you away for being against for merely being against it you could you know peaceably protest and, and otherwise object to it could you sure why not but were, they, I, were the Americans arresting people and and putting them away for disagreeing with the internment camps yes. Next question. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it, well, it, well, then in that case, then we have then we have two ethical problems happening at the same time. Now there's also suppression of free speech, which right, is but that's thing. always existed. Like, there is no ag- truly agnostic ethical or moral scenario. It all exists within a web of moral scenarios, because every time you interact with another human being, it it could be judged against the golden standard of morality whatever that is you know this in this conversation there are morals that we both hold that govern this conversation sure and it's just a conversation and then add in every person listening all of their moral codes and then anyone who could ever find this and their moral codes it's a wickedly complex issue and you can't get into the head of someone who may not when you start talking about reasonable fears, we may not see it as a reasonable fear to protest. We don't know what it was like then. And also, we'd also, and I'm not going to, okay, that was kind of the fallacious argument we're trying to argue against, so I'm not going to go that route. But it's the truth as far as we don't know what that person was thinking unless they wrote it down to know why it was a reasonable fear. You know, the person who doesn't protest may be the one who knows what the Gestapo would have done or what the Gestapo from the Gestapo's perspective would have done. And just that amount of propaganda was enough. Even if it was just propaganda, would it be reasonable? Is it reasonable to be fearful from propaganda that you don't know whether it's true or not? You know, at what point is it okay to not act out of fear because of uncertainty? You know? Yeah. And there is threshold there. There, there's something to be said about, you know, living to fight another day. Um, for sure. I guess, well, hmm. but you see what I'm getting at, and and, and don't get me wrong, I I would never say that the per- the people there, because I I take the stance, because you could take the train argument for the people, the Nazi citizens, inaction, in my opinion, you should never be held responsible for an inaction, because that doesn't make any sense to me. You right. didn't do, no, me wrong, I understand that inaction is action, but if I choose not to associate or interact with somebody. 
I can't, I, there is absolute zero way I think I could be held at fault for anything that could happen to them. Period. You know, and that doesn't mean me not interact with them and then go interact with the agent that would cause them problems. It's me choosing to not interact with both. The hermit is probably one of the most Ir- irresponsible people ever and i mean that in the way that you cannot level anything at them you know and i think that's what a lot and, and you can read from a lot of people who were considered hermits in their time that's exactly why they did what they did i can't be held responsible no one is dying because of me no one is getting killed because of me and you could easily make the flip argument well yeah but you could do something and it's like yeah could but i'm not held responsible otherwise you know, I also feel like the people who make the argument that, yeah, they could have done something and they're bad because they didn't are people that do believe that inaction is immoral or inaction can be held to the same moral standard as an action that way. And I disagree. And that's a different argument. Sure. But I think that's the truth. You know, from what I've observed anyway, um, and based on my own experiences. But back to, I guess, the core issue, you know, we're talking about judging those people based on the modern lens i don't think there's anything wrong with saying well look at what we know now if it were to be done today would it be wrong that's a that's fine as long as we are not looking at the past and trying to level a judgment at the past so much for leveling a judgment at the past for the past's sake but if we look at it for what we can benefit today i have no problem with someone saying slavery is wrong these people who did it were wrong, even if they were good people. Now, people, and and not to castigate those people for some personal feel-good moment, but to instead go, what does that say about me? I do good things. I think I'm a good person. They thought they were a good person. And I still judge them to be a morally ill character because of one thing that they did. So the real question is, in my context, what is the one morally ill thing or multiple morally ill things that are going to be thrown at my shoulders by my descendants, you know, and try to be on the lookout for those and take that lesson there. Some people would take the lesson that we should just never judge the past on an individual basis because we don't want to be judged by our descendants the same way. You know, there's that fear as well. Because legacy is something that human beings spend an irrationally long time trying to protect for some reason. I guess because we're, we we fear death, you know, the whole apotheosis of the thing. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons you do see people doing that. Plus, and then there's also the way of uh, making the argument as to the state of things now in a relative basis of look at how good or look at how bad things are. And then using a justification of something in the past to to make that assessment, you know. I think when it comes to using a modern lens to judge a a prehistoric, judging a a historical event, I think the motivation of the person to do so is more so than normal to be called into question. Not because you should assume they're doing something wrong, but I think because of how vague most of the assessments are most uh, most of the assessments are it, i think the motivation should be called into question like why are you doing it you know what i'm saying and i think there are good and bad reasons for judging the past by modern standards i'll say that i think there is a moral way to judge the past by 
modern standards and an immoral way to judge the past by modern standards. And it has all to go to what are you trying to achieve? And that's something we can't know beyond ourselves. But it's still important. You know, let's let's address the question. Is it okay to judge the past by modern standards? Oh, I think so. Okay. I agree. I think I agree, but why? What are you trying to achieve? Just like anything else, I think that something that's different, but in this case could be the same as like research, scientific research. Scientific research, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, Well, it's... I like when it happens, but it seems morally neutral. Okay. So the person who gets up and is excited to fund the research and the people who get up every day to do the research, are they doing a morally good thing when they do that? Or is it just neutral? It's neutral. Okay. Well, they might be researching with the intention of doing bad things to people. Would that make the research any less moral or immoral or more moral? Or is it still neutral? It's still neutral. Okay. Fair enough. It's neutral because they could be trying to do good things or bad things or neutral things. Okay. So then you would disagree that the reason why you would judge the past by modern standards is a good thing or a bad thing? It's irrelevant? It's a morally neutral act? Okay, hang on. I feel like there's a non sequitur here. What? The the, the comparison I'm trying to figure out, because I'm not trying to castigate you one way or the other. I'm trying to figure it out. The act of doing science, research, gathering data and making predictions, the act of doing science mm-hmm. is morally neutral, mm-hmm. right? Would you say the act of judging the past is morally neutral as well? Judging the past by modern standards or through a modern lens. Is it a morally neutral act? I Yeah, I think that it is morally neutral to cast a judgment on anything. Okay. That's fine. I'm just trying to make sure that we're on the same page and we're being consistent. Because if I'm not looking for a consistency as a gotcha. I'm looking for an inconsistency to see if we can figure out mm-hmm. something else. And so just like if you were to do science in trying to create an atomic bomb <laughs> for the explicit purpose of killing people, that's what you want to do. You know, it's not, oh, atomic research for energy. No, it's I want to find a way in the smallest package possible to kill the most people. That is the whole goal of the research. That is immoral. If I want to judge the past by modern standards to try to construct social, a social weapon from it, that is also immoral. If I have an immoral reason for doing it, regardless of whatever the immoral reason might be, it doesn't make, it does not make... I'm not sure how judging the past assists you in creating a social weapon. Oh, can I definitely think it can. The, the mere casting of a judgment? Yes. How? Uh, because it depends on what judgment at which you arrive. Because who are you to judge A? Like, literally, what gives you the authority to judge the past? And I'm not saying that... I'm not trying to say that you don't have it. I'm just trying to say, where does it come from? Me. Okay. So, it's a self-given authority, right? Well, right. This is basically just... Yeah, my yeah, I can I can express an opinion because that's all casting a judgment is is expressing an opinion, right? But by arriving at my opinion, 
I guess I guess I see what you're saying. No one is forced to accept my judgment of no. the past. Right. They can argue against it or for it or whatever. Right. Or not care. Okay. And I'm okay with that. And so, but however, I can, I have the freedom to express my opinions about anything, right? Mm -hmm. If I were to arrive at a conclusion that was wrong, and I knew it was wrong, but it was advantageous to me for other reasons. So it's like telling a lie, but I'm just using it through the vessel of assessing a judgment because judgments are arbitrary. You know, I, I'm beginning to wonder if you arrive at a wrong judgment. Like, for example, if there were an objective morality or given an objective morality. If you arrive at a judgment that does not fall in line with the objective morality, right? The act of arriving at the judgment is morally neutral. The judgment you arrived at. Could it categorically be considered right or wrong? Or is it an opinion? You mean moral or immoral or correct or incorrect? Moral or immoral. Like your judgment of this was a moral thing or this was an immoral thing. Is is that something that can be, for all intents and purposes, right or in wrong? The, in, the, in the framework of an objective morality? Yes. It's still neutral because, it, well, you know, because now I'm thinking, okay, if we if we've just agreed, um, for sake of argument, that morality is objective, then it's basically just a part of reality, and so there's nothing morally, uh, well, there's there's no moral aspect at all to knowing or not knowing a thing. Right, but can you be wrong? I'm not saying like morally wrong. Can you be well, that, factually that, well, wrong? Well, I asked you that and you said morally. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were asking morally as in the judgment. Okay, I see where we got our wires crossed. I'm saying could your judgment be right or wrong if an objective morality existed? Yes, yeah, so which... your judgment could be correct or incorrect. Okay. Next question, I guess. I don't know if this matters, but is it moral or immoral to hold a wrong assessment or is it morally neutral mm, it's morally neutral i say don't walk into sjw land on me with the uh well the exception i'm thinking of is willful ignorance mm. which we have yet to talk about i think mm, yes yes willful ignorance but right right because because then now your willful ignorance might be influencing behavior, which we can apply a moral value to. Right. But if you, if you're just, if you're genuinely ignorant or, you know, you, you have, you have reached some conclusion about something that is technically incorrect, but you don't know better then that's morally neutral. Okay. Okay. I can agree with that. Or I can at least accept it. I don't know if I agree with it yet or not. I don't. I don't immediately disagree with it. Let's put it that way. I'm agnostic to it. Um, okay. So, I think that was the original question. Philosophers, have a good day. No. I'm just, um, I don't think there's much more ground we can make metaphysically on it right now. But I do think it might be worth our time to discuss whether it's valuable in a practical sense to do such. Well, I already gave one, you know, 
case, well, not case, but, uh, you know, sort of a, a value assessment that we can teach ourselves lessons for future behavior based on judgments of the past. Okay. Can you give, would you care to provide an example of a time we've done that? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if that, I don't know if that question can be answered because it's, it's hard to know what we would have almost done. did, but didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so is it practical to even bother if you can't know? Well, it is the reason why we teach history classes. That's well, okay. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's the reason we're told we're taught history anyway. Okay. Fair. That, that is the, but well, but there is, there is something. Okay. Well, we, we, do have cases where somebody you know did not uh act accordingly after you know where where someone did someone failed to account for history or take into consideration history and repeated a mistake there are plenty of those yeah france is a great example yep hmm Turns out, um, tyrants can exist through any means. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like uh, a good example I can think of is people. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. For example, that that whole that saying is an observation on history, judging the past through modern lenses. So, anytime we have put one person in charge, and we say, "Okay, you are the person in charge," we're gonna go like this now. It evol- it devolves into tyranny, almost always, if not always. I guess it depends on what you define as tyrant being tyrannical. Sure, it's vague. It's vague, but as a general rule of thumb, in at least the Western school of thought, the reason democracy exists is saying, well, we've observed through history that because up until this point, that's kind of what we've had. People like to believe that there was this wonderful. Bambi land where we all existed as equals before, but that's asinine. There's always been a hierarchical structure for humanity, I believe. Like, well, right, hierarchical social structures have existed longer than humanity, as far as we can tell. Exactly, and those manifest themselves in displays of power and uh, force, almost always, if not always. And so, even in Bambi land, when the tribe was out hunting and fishing, there's still somebody who gets the final say, and that person's in charge. And it's usually the same person <laughs> every time. Because if you're going to trust this person to make this choice, why not trust them to make every choice? Or maybe he's got a bigger stick than you and you just have to go along with what he says, you know. But one of the, you know, Renaissance ideas or Enlightenment ideas, it's a better word because it wasn't really Renaissance. They supported monarchies, I guess. But one of the Enlightenment ideas was, well, why don't we stop making one person be the person that gets to make all the choices. And then from there, we we're still working out whether that's a good idea or not, because it's not been around long enough to, for us to really right, just a couple hundred years. Right. And don't be wrong. The concept of democracy has been around for a long time, but those have always come, you know, for thousands of years in the concept of like uh, Athenian democracy and then Roman democracy. If you can, you know, Roman Republic, I guess, you know, TM stars everywhere. What do you consider to be a real democracy? But, you know, the closest to any true democracy, and by that I mean, like, 
population who's affected by the rules uh, participation. We're a lot closer than we uh, have ever been. We're still trying to figure out whether that's a good idea or not because we don't know. But that's one thing we've, we, I think that's one lesson you can look in history and say, hmm, monarchs tend to be tyrannical, even if God picked them to be the one in charge, which was the justification given. Maybe we just have temporary leaders that we rotate in and out, you know, and that position is what holds the power. It, 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 it's, it's like the, the Catholic Church. It's not the Pope. It's, it's the, the chair he sits on that makes him the Pope, you know? which is a really weird thing and all on its own, but uh, I'll link the video. There's another CPG Grey video. CGP Grey? Yeah, CGP Grey. I'm just going to start a channel called CPG Grey and just copy all his videos. <laughs> that way I'm not wrong. Um, so I do think, I, I agree, there is a practical reason for doing so. I also would say that in a practical instance, there are way too many times in which people will do so, and use it as an excuse by which to how do I want to put this I do think that there are motivations for I think there are places it's like straw manning almost like you can look find a past instance in which you know you're right and keep bringing it up as a straw man to argue against to make yourself look good and pad your numbers of oh look at how many debates I've won I think that's though I think that's what you see a lot that is why people are so turned off to the idea of judging the past by a modern lens is they don't want to give these people who they debate with a straw man to keep walloping and saying look how good i'm doing you know but uh i don't know you can correct me if you're if i'm wrong on that but i see that kind of stuff happening all the time i also think this kind of lends its hand back to our slavery video as well when we talked about um, making those judgments, uh, and trying to assign restitution from those judgments on the past as well. There's a, there's definitely motivations there. Um, but that's not so much trying to judge the past by modern standards. It is, it's a, that's a component, but it's judging the past by modern standards. Therefore, this was wrong. You agree? Well, most people would agree. Yes. Slavery was wrong by modern standards. And we do all think that it's wrong. Okay, well, since you agree with me, you owe me money because you probably had ancestors that held slaves or you did have ancestors that held slaves. And it's like, okay, that's a different discussion. That's a non sequitur. However, it's really easy to see how people would take that as not being a non sequitur because it's really easy to construct a logical fallacy that way to to bridge the gap when it doesn't exist. So, Oh, man, this topic got out of hand. I got way out of here. This is much different than I thought it was going to be. Because for a brief moment, I kind of flirted with the idea of, you know what? Maybe it's not okay. <laughs> um, because I do think it might be outside of the scope of our ability to do that. What we would say is the practical benefit. But I don't know. I mean, we've done it, but I don't think it's one of... I think it's one of those things where... Is it because people made the con- conscious observations? Or is it because... You know, or for what reason, I guess. Ooh, thunder. But, um, I don't know. That's a hard, that's a complicated issue. When you when you do that, it's hard. I, I think people way too willy-nilly go in and trying to assign judgment to the past without addressing it appropriately in its full context. 
I think if I think the real benefit practically comes from when you observe it in its full context and try to figure out not whether something was right or was wrong. That's pretty easy, but then the hard part is figuring out why it was wrong and then see if you can find the behavior that we do now as the same justification for maybe something else, you know. Going back to our Nazi Germany example, compl- compliance or being complicit, you know, that's something people do now. That's if you say that's the reason they're wrong, then okay, look at the things people can be blamed for being complicit in and see could that be potentially is there a link between do, that? Do you reason? mean complacent? Complicit? Complicit means you like take part in the thing. Okay, but that, okay, yeah, I, I guess I do. I should be using the word complacent because it, the argument would be that they were complicit in it by doing nothing, right? Right. The, sorry, I'm, I've got my head in that argument, but yeah, fine. In, from my perspective, and my, I would say it is complacency, not being complicit. It is complacency, yes. Right, but the judgment could be made that it is being complicit, and this is why it's important. Well, right, yeah, de- deriving. Uh, inaction is action and therefore they're complicit but but that's why this is important because even those two words looking for things that people are complacent with now do you still judge those things as being complacent now or complicit now because you you have to not switch when you come back to the modern frame you know Mm -hmm. and just those and that was an accident but it kind of worked out for us in this case you know what i would look at and see what what you know what things were people complacent with and is complacency a bad thing? Well, I don't know. Let's let's take a look back through history and see things, you know, and take a broad scoping view of look at all the things people were complacent with. And then let's take a look, because it's not easy to say, is this person wrong for just being here now? That's a hard question because you don't know. You're not going to be able to judge that. You don't know the future. But what you can do is maybe say, oh, they do seem to be complacent and complacency is usually a red flag for something's going wrong, but they're just letting it happen. So now I can begin to look at the things they're complacent with and say, and hold them to a candle and maybe bring them to action, bring them to action, or at least ask, begin asking the question. Cause you, it's too hard to say, look at all of the things you do every day. And I'm going to start trying to figure out which ones are going to be considered immoral in a hundred years. But if you were able to look back at the past and look at the reasons by which we say they were wrong, then maybe that that gives you that that cuts the chaff down quite a bit, you know. So, well, I think we've beat the horse pretty sufficiently, but I'm very happy with this discussion because that gave me a lot to think about. Yep, me too. I'm gonna go figure out what things I'm complacent with and start a government uprising against tyranny, <laughs> tyrannical democracy. Tyrannical democracy. It's my new bad. It's my. It's the new band name. I'm gonna add that to the list. All right. Well, do you have anything else to say on the topic? I think. I think that I've said my piece. Okay. I think I've said my piece and then my other piece. So, as usual. As, as usual. I know. I'm sorry. It's been. It's been a while. It's been two weeks. I gotta. I gotta. I had to do two episodes yeah, worth of not shutting the hell up. You know. Um. All right. Well, in that in that case, philosophers. Philosophers.